Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you're facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a thousand homes per year. In today's episode, Jeff discusses the seven most common marketing pitfalls and how to avoid them. Over the years, he's learned how to market the smart way, and today he shares that wisdom with us. Now, let's hear from Jeff. We're going to cover the seven most common marketing pitfalls and how to avoid them. We collected our thoughts and put together a set of notes. In fact, a lot of the notes I'm going to share with you today, here's where they came from. Um, Number one, aside from prospecting and database, my number two or number three source of business is marketing. And so for years and years, it was always prospecting. I didn't spend any money on marketing. I learned kind of the hard way, the grind, the door knocking, the phone calls. And then once we got the business up to maybe a million, million and a half or so in GCI and commissions, I decided to start spending some money on marketing. And that was probably 2011. And so since 2011, we've tried everything, we've implemented everything. I've had some banner years in terms of production and profit. And as some of you may have heard in the podcast, I talk about how I had a couple years when I went a little crazy and lost a half a million dollars two years in a row. Million bucks out of the bank account, gone, because I got a little crazy with marketing. So the good news is none of you are going to be put in that position because we're now at a position today where year after year our profit has been increasing and we've gotten smart with a lot of the marketing that we do. So I feel like it's important that I share that with you because I know a lot of agents today, your approach, just like I am, with calls from people, try this, you wanna buy these shopping carts, do you wanna buy this billboard, do you wanna buy this lead source? Yeah, let's, let's see how it works, sign me up. I mean, we're approached almost daily with this stuff. And so the good news is, since I really started spending significant money on marketing, 2011, I guess 10 years now, we've learned, we've failed, we've grew, we've learned, we failed, we grew, we learned, we failed, we implemented, we grew. And so for a better part of today, we're going to spend some good amount of time on marketing. There's also going to be an interview where I'm bringing up Greg Erlinger, who's a marketing master in Ohio, the number one team in Ohio, and they also specialize in marketing. So today is going to be very marketing heavy, but I want you to to know that when we talk about marketing, it is not the be all end all. It is not, I'm never gonna stand up here and say, if you're going to be a successful real estate agent, you have to learn how to market. I believe that marketing enhances the other stuff you do. I believe that marketing enhances the calls that you make and the efforts that you put into your database. I believe that marketing enhances the, the, the leads that you're generating and the conversations that you're having. In fact, I wanna make sure everyone understands my my definition of real estate marketing because there's two types of it. There's direct results from marketing and then there's indirect results from marketing. So know that in every case when I'm talking about marketing, a lot of the things I'm gonna share today are some of it's going to be direct result and some of it's going to be indirect result. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, direct result from real estate marketing would be responses that you create from something you do. Okay, so the definition of direct results in real estate marketing, this is just my definition, it's probably not in the dictionary or anything. Responses you get from efforts you put out. 
responses you get from marketing you do, anything related to marketing or social media. That's direct, meaning you put out an ad, someone sees your ad, they call. That's a direct response. You put up a billboard, somebody sees your billboard, they call. You send out a postcard mailing, they call. That's direct response. And then there's indirect response. Indirect response. An indirect response is the marketing you do, the definition, the marketing that you do that enhances, the marketing that you do that enhances everything else outside of marketing. Indirect results, the marketing you do that enhances everything you do outside of marketing. So for instance, let's just say you're running radio ads and they're not working for you. You know, I'm not really getting a lot of calls from these radio ads. Well, let me ask you a question. What is your conversion today after running ads for a year versus what it was a year ago prior to running any radio ads? Oh, well, a year ago, I was going on 10 appointments and I would take six listings. Today, I go on 10 appointments and I take seven or eight listings. Has anything else changed? No, I'm a year older, my skills are a year better. So that would be an example of indirect support, meaning the marketing you do indirectly supports the other stuff. I'll give you another example. So we have an inside sales team and we've been prospecting for years. In fact, I think I hired my first, it wasn't even called ISAs back then, it was called a prospector back in 2005 or six. And we look at how many contacts per hour, how many hellos, how many people respond, how many leads, how many appointments we generate from those calls. Well, one thing that we've noticed when we started getting into some pretty heavy marketing, which again, I promise you, I'm only gonna share with you what's working and now profitable. See, six, eight years ago, I wasn't qualified to stand on the stage and teach you how to market successfully. Why? Because the things I were doing weren't making me money. Today, we've eliminated everything that's not profitable and only do what is. And so when I, the example I was giving of our inside sales team in the indirect benefit of marketing is now, you know, say 10 years ago, prior to marketing, our inside sales team talks to 10 people, they might get one lead, just as a for instance. Today, because of the indirect result from marketing, they talk to 10 people and they generate two or three leads. Because of the marketing, people are aware of what we're doing. So know that when we talk about marketing and social media and online and branding and all that stuff, there's really two benefits, direct and indirect. And I would argue that actually some sources of marketing provide more indirect benefit than direct benefit. The question is, how do you quantify it? Because how do you know that that was the exact specific result? Well, you have to measure what you were doing prior to that time period. And today with social media especially, that's very easy to do. You can go to Google Analytics and find out how many are visiting your website in, in June of 21 versus, say, May of 21. What did you do differently in June? So when we talk about marketing and mistakes and pitfalls, know that we're really talking about two types of marketing. So this list was put together essentially between myself, Kate Simon, and also our director of marketing. Her name is Alana Pfeffer, and she's around here somewhere. And she comes from the online uh, e-commerce industry. We pulled her from, from a great organization that does great things, and we now are the benefactor of, of course, things that we can do to learn and grow and get better. 
So we put together a list of seven common marketing pitfalls and of course how to avoid them. So we'll start with point number one. Or what I would call, actually I wrote down here, mistake number one. <laughs> mistake number one, ready? Under seven common marketing pitfalls, mistake number one, winging it. Winging it. Winging it. Most agents only think of marketing in a case-by-case -case scenario, rather, rather than one big picture that needs to flow nicely together. Let's sprinkle a little bit over here, let's sprinkle a little bit over here, let's grab a little bit of this, oh that sounds good, that's shiny, I love it, bring it, bring it, bring it. That's how 90% of our industry um, essentially decides that, I'm a marketing expert, what do you mean? No. A marketing expert has a plan where at the beginning of each year and each and every month they know exactly what they're gonna do in January and February and March and April, it's part of your business plan. If you've been in our coaching for some time now, you know that that is one of the things we talk about a lot. Building a marketing plan as part of a lead generation tool. So I wrote down one of the most common mistakes agents make with their marketing is winging it, winging it, meaning they aren't thinking long-term or how things fit together. They are thinking in terms of each marketing decision being standalone. A good marketing plan should be cohesive and should build upon itself, fit together and give the consumer a connected experience. Think of a marketing plan as a strategy of how you provide value and attract more clients and service more clients. I think the mistake a lot of agents make is they look at marketing as just branding. Well, how can I build my brand? That's a mistake. Why is that? Well, that's costly. And that leads to lower profits. Instead, look at the marketing as a lead generation tool and the byproduct might be branding. You see the difference? Too many agents are focused on branding, building my brand, I have to build my brand. The brand will be built through the marketing. The brand will be built through the marketing plan and the lead generation that you do from marketing. You don't have to go out and set a plan together to build a brand, it's gonna happen naturally. If you do put a brand building plan together, it's gonna be very costly and that could put you in a situation like I was in six, seven years ago now. So there are two sides to marketing under this point. We're still on point number one. There is the image and the operation. The image and the operation. Of course, the image, we just talked about a bit, branding, color schemes, font, logos. It's the fluffy, fun stuff that too many of us are spending way too much time on. But it's necessary. But how much time are you really spending on that versus thinking about how you can generate more leads? Then there's the operational side. So we have the image side. What is your image? What does that look like? Right? Do you use the same font in everything you put out? Do you use the same logo in everything you put out? Do you use the same tagline? Is your messaging consistent every single time? And then there's the operational side. And this is more important in my opinion than just the image. Of course the image is important, don't get me wrong, but this is, people are spending way too much time on the image and not enough time on this side, and that is this. The operational side is who are you targeting? What are you targeting? 
These are the questions you should be looking at every single time you decide to do any form of marketing. Who are you targeting? What are you targeting? Okay, let's look at the who, for instance. We are in a listing-based conference. These three days, we're doing everything we can, especially for the rest of the event, to focus on building a massive listing inventory. So when I look at who I'm targeting to, okay, let's just take social media, for instance. And don't get mad, Instagrammers. More sellers hang out on Facebook than they do any other social media platform. In fact, the number one size audience on Facebook is 35 to 54 year olds. 35 to 54 year olds, that is the largest audience of eyeballs on Facebook. All right, you look at any of those social media platforms, which by the way, they're I'm sure effective and maybe you get a lot of first time buyers or maybe you still have success with Instagram, but I wanna be where the sellers are. 35 to 54 year olds, think about that. In most cases, they have a home to sell. Oh, and by the way, they're also buying. So I'm putting my eggs in that basket. Why? Because I'm a listing agent. I'm not interested in generating more buyer leads. If I have listings, I'll have buyer leads. So who are you targeting? We target 35 to 54 year olds. That's who we target. And then the question is, where do you target them? Where do you target them? Where? Okay, I just gave the example of Facebook. Obviously, there's tons of other mediums out there. Okay, there's direct mail, there's radio, there's TV, there's billboard, there's Google AdWords, there's pay-per-click, there's CMA leads through Facebook. Where are you targeting them? Next question I want you to look at is, what is your frequency of communication? Meaning, how often do you attempt to communicate with them? How often? Most agents, when I think about it, when it comes to mind, I mean, that's the reality, right? If we don't have a plan, we probably put this, we probably make a decision to do something when it comes to mind. Both pieces need to fit together in connection with your mission, vision, and values, and of course, eventually your sales goals. The operational and the image need to fit your mission, your vision, your values. We're not gonna spend a ton of time on those three. I am gonna pick on the mission for a moment. If you're operating as a real estate salesperson, it is my belief that no matter what, I don't care if you're a buyer's agent on a team, a listing agent on a team, a, a solo agent or a broker owner, everyone in here needs to have a personal mission. And that mission needs to match what you're passionate about. Okay, Live Unreal wasn't born yesterday. In fact, it actually started with, we went out and hired a focus group. I recommend this to brokers all the time. We went out and I say we hired a focus group, we hired a consultant to come in and look at our business and, and we put together a focus group. And we surveyed our agents and things about that they love about the company and things they'd like to see improved and what we can do differently and how we can get better and, and, and what would make this the best place to work. And out of those focus groups and whiteboarding and circling and crossing things out came our mission, which is actually not just live unreal. Our mission and our real estate team is living an unreal experience to deliver one. 
Because we believe if we're living unreal on this earth, then it's gonna show up in our interaction with our clients. So, of course, we now rally around it. But what is your mission? What, what excites you? If you're a one-man operation, it's gotta be you. If it's three or four of you, what is it? Because once you know what your mission is and you're clear with your mission, then all of your branding and advertising can follow behind that. So how do we avoid winging it with marketing? I've got three things to, for you to write down, ready? Point number one, put together an annual marketing plan. It's almost like an addendum to your business plan. How do we avoid winging it? Number one, put together an annual marketing plan. An annual marketing plan. So you've got, you know, uh, what I did last year, what my goals are for this year, how I plan on generating leads, source to double down on, you know, all the segments of our business plan. And add a page, add an addendum, a marketing plan which we're excited to announce because of our affiliation with, of course, now we have one of the best marketing directors, I would argue, in the country, and of course, Greg Erlinger and their marketing, we are going to start incorporating this into our business plan. Because I can stand up here all day and give you ideas on marketing, but now we have to help you execute it. Number two, how do we avoid winging it? Actually setting a goal that you'd like the marketing to achieve actually setting a goal that you would like the marketing to achieve. I mean, think about it. When is the last time you signed up for something that was marketing related and you wrote down after you signed up for it, if I get six transactions from this in the next 12 months, then I'm going to continue it. I mean, that's the conversations we have to be having with ourselves. What is your expectation of that spend and of that effort? Set a goal that you'd like the marketing to accomplish for you. And then finally, number three, decide what the image and message will be. Decide what the image and message will be, comma, and the modes in which you will communicate it. The image and messages, what they'll be, and the modes you'll communicate. The modes you use or the methods you'll use to communicate. Now, if I can make a recommendation. Some of you have heard me say this before, especially if you attended our half-day sessions. The best marketing, this is the secret. The best marketing solves a problem. The best marketing you can do solves a problem. Everyone else is touting about sold for 187% of asking price in 22 seconds. Look at me, this is amazing. Everyone's doing that. The best marketing solves a problem. Take a look at any, you know, you, all you have to do is watch TV for 30 minutes and you'll see companies in your market, generally speaking, it's the service industry, we're in the service industry, all you have to do is pay attention to their ad, and they're presenting a problem and then how they are the solution. And here we are just touting our success stories. What kind of problem could you solve? You know, we're gonna talk about a little bit later how you can generate more seller leads from sharing your buyer success stories. Again, the half day sessions, we covered that a ton. Well, why would sharing buyer success stories help me get more sellers? Because everyone knows, watch this. Is it pretty common in your market that consumers are aware that it's hard to find a house today? Say yes. yes. 
Is it pretty common in your market that consumers know we're in multiple offer situations? Say yes. yes. Is it pretty common in your market today that most sellers are aware that homes are selling for more than the asking price? Say yes. yes. So then, why are we touting that we're just accomplishing what ha is happening in the market? Instead, we should be touting a problem that we're solving, and that is, if all of the consumers know that, you just said yes to those three questions, so that means then the consumers are probably aware of that. So are they going to lunches and dinners and, and talking with their friends and family, oh, it's so hard to find a house right now, it's so hard to get our offer accepted. We've been looking for days and weeks and months and we can't get our offer accepted, we can't get our offer accepted. That is a problem. Solve it. What's that Marky Mark song that was just came into my head? Yeah, what, how does it go? Yo, I solved it, you know? Do something with that. You know what I'm saying? Marky Mark, I think. Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice. We have a sound bite of that? I don't know. Find a problem and solve it, right? You heard from the CEOs yesterday. One of the things that I, I shared in one of my takeaways, and listen, I can tell you, I'm only gonna stand up here and share with you the things we're doing. I promise you I'm going to create something. I'm gonna tell you what we're gonna work on. I'm gonna create something that allows a consumer through an application to track their real estate transaction and be notified of everything that happens, be able to look and see what's gonna happen when, what the next steps are, and get notifications from it. I promise you I'm gonna come up with an app for that. Why? Because it solves a damn problem. And excuse me, I get a little passionate about this because I'm, I cannot believe how many agents today are still creating Canva images of, hey, three bedrooms, three baths, take a look at this. That's cool for credibility, but that's not gonna get you any business. What is gonna get you business is solving a problem. You wanna, here's a great example of somebody who has solved a problem. Look at iBuying today. They exist because a problem existed in the market. What is that? The problem is consumers wanted things faster, they wanted things with less hassle, and they proved that they would actually take less money to get that. You have sellers raising their hand in every market around the country saying, yeah, I'll take 10% less for my home if it means I don't have to show it, if it means I don't have to have a sign in the yard, if it means that I don't have to deal with buyer's inspections and all that, sure, I'll take less. You know that in most markets around the country where they have iBuyers, one out of every 10 iBuyer in, that inquires on their home's value takes them up on that price. 10% of them, think about 10% of your market. 10% are saying, yes, I'll do that. We created an app two years ago for iBuy specifically. And I've been sharing with people in these half day sessions that you, can, you don't need to create an app, you can just create a landing page. What do you mean? Well, watch this. You wanna be an iBuyer tomorrow? Go home this weekend or later this week, whenever you get home, create a landing page for iBuying. Well, I, don't have, I, can't buy, I can't be an iBuyer, I don't have any money. Do you know an investor? Do you have buyers in your market investing in real estate? Well, sure, I guess I, I, guess I know, buy, you know. If, you. if you had to go find an investor today by five o'clock, every single one of us could go through probably a page of leads and find someone who flips homes in your market. You know, we get calls from them all the time. Hey, if you find anything in this zip code, in this price range, Okay, so good, so you got your money, you got your investor, now you create a landing page. You have a cool domain, ibuychicago.com, ibuycleveland.com, whatever, okay? Sellnow.com, I mean, that's probably not available, but you understand what I mean by that. It has to be clever, it has to be catchy, and then you have to share it with people, you have to get the word out about it. Next thing you know, you have people inquiring about what their home could sell for if they actually sold it to an iBuyer. 
And guess what? Only one out of 10 might take you up on your offer, but nine out of 10, by the way, and you can research this, nine out of 10 that don't take you up on your offer end up listing their home for, uh, out of the nine that are left, 60% of them end up listing their home for sale within 120 days. It's proven, it's Google. you can find it on Google. There's studies that are tracking all of this. So, okay, well only one out of 10 are taking me up on my offer, the other nine out of 10, 60% of those nine, so what, call it five of those nine, are listing their homes for sale with somebody, and you got their contact information. We go on on appointments every day. If we use, a, we use a service or we created a service called Upraise, our agents are going on appointments every day from that service. Okay, you can duplicate it. Literally go to our website and just rip it off. I don't care, create your own. Every day we have people on our team going on on appointments from leads that came in from Upraise because people are finding that there's an easy way to sell. Why is it working? Because not us, somebody else solved a problem. We just duplicated it. Somebody else came up with the idea and had the money to do it. We just duplicated it. The best marketing solves a problem. All you have to do is give it some serious thought. All you have to think about is what are the problems in the industry today? What are the problems in the market today? And then come up with solutions for them. That's marketing that'll stand out. All right, mistake number two. Marketing mistake number two for real estate agents. Amateur execution, amateur execution of professional ideas and concepts. Amateur execution of professional ideas and concepts. Hey Taylor, if you're backstage, can you have them uh, update the time, the timer on the, on the TV, just so I know how much time I have left? Amateur execution of professional ideas and concepts. Watch this. The tools you use to execute, execute your marketing plan are part of your marketing. At the most basic level, think of the listing presentation. Do you print comps in color or black and white? Is your seller, seller value proposition put together in a nice pamphlet, right, with thicker material? Or is it just listed out on a bullet point list? How you execute your, execute your marketing plan is just as important, if not more important, than the marketing plan itself. How it's executed. I wrote down, you could have the best marketing plan in the world, but if it's executed poorly, things are spelled wrong, you know, it just gets thrown together on basic materials. What are you gonna actually communicate to the customer? How you execute your plan is also sending a message to your consumer. We have to get out of this mindset of you know, well, um, I, you know, I, I, I have my listing presentation, I'm buying a buyer presentation, what else, what else is there? Well, does, your, does the, the font on your business card match the font on your listing presentation? Is that consumer letter that you're sending out to the database, are you following the same format every single time? Okay, you guys should know the database letter format, I'll share it with you now if you don't. Every time you send out a letter to your database, which they're, they're very effective. Many of you have heard our database formula. In fact, it, I'm not gonna share it with you because it's, in the, it's in, in the Glover U inner circle, which hopefully you're all in that, that, that Facebook group. But your database letters should be broken into three parts. And if you're not already doing this, you should. It's, it's proven to be effective. Three parts on your database letter, ready? Part one, what's going on in the market? 
Everybody wants to know at any given time what's taking place in the market. I mean, heck, you could go home tomorrow and create one for this summer and you can quote Dr. Yoon from yesterday. Part one, what's happening in the market? Part two, what's happening in my business? Part two, what's happening in my business? Meaning, are you selling homes in new areas? Are, have you expanded to a new territory? Uh, did you just have the most highest sales price you've ever sold? Are you selling apartment buildings? What are some things that you're accomplishing in your business? Well, I don't have a lot of things I'm accomplishing in my business, Jeff. I'm kind of new. Great. What are some things that your brokerage is accomplishing? What are some things that your franchise is accomplishing? What are some things that your team is accomplishing? You know, you've, add, you've added some tools. Yeah, we added Matterport to our business and now all of our sellers get Matterport. That is worth putting in that letter. What have you done to improve your business or what have you accomplished in your business? The third part of the database letter, which again, everyone should be following this format, it's proven, is how you gave back. Number three is how you gave back since you last communicated with them. So this letter, whether you send out twice a year or four times a year, I don't care, it's always since the last letter that you've sent out. Here's what's happened in the market since you've last heard from me. Here's what's happened in my business since you've last heard from me, and here's how I gave back. And giving back doesn't always have to be you know, nonprofit or charitable organizations. It can be community service, it can be you know, uh, helping out small business owners. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can give back. Amateur execution of professional ideas and concepts. So how do we, make, we remain mindful of the way in which we are communicating our marketing plan? How do we main, remain mindful of the way in which we're communicating, communicating our marketing plan? <clears throat> I've got a couple ways you can do this. Number one, your photo quality. Your photo quality. This sounds silly, but Taking an extra second or two to look at the photo before you post it, taking a second or two to crop the image or making sure something is centered in the photo, that's your brand. What about your print quality? Your print quality. When is the last time you've updated your listing presentation or buyer consultation? Are you still using the same materials that, that you created five years ago? Are you just printing it on eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper and waiting for the copier to spit it out? When was the last time you updated the quality of your print? Next, I wrote down, how do we remain mindful? What about our copy? How mindful of you are, of, are you of your copy? Copy, what do you mean by that? Well, for those of you at the half day sessions, you remember of the 21 ways we talked about becoming a copywriter. Becoming a copywriter, I'm listening and selling homes. What do you mean by writing copy? Well, if you're thinking about what I just said about the best marketing that solves a problem, think of copy that you could create, number one, that solves a problem, and number two, that tells a story. The best Facebook social media post with the most engagement, the most likes, the most shares, the most comments, tell a story and solve a problem. Everything has to go back to solving a problem. How good are you at telling a story? Well, what do you mean by telling a story? Where are they moving to? Why are they moving? How long have they lived in the home? What improvements have they made to the home? What do they love about their home? What do they hate about their house, right? Why are they, why are they divorcing? No, I'm kidding, you're not gonna show that one. <laughs> Tell a story. 
it's interesting to me because I look at, now we've been talking this for a year or two now, and paying attention to agents starting to do this. And I'm noticing they're getting good exposure. They're getting good comments. They're getting good feedback. They're getting good likes. They're getting good shares. Copy. Marketing mistake number three. Marketing mistake number three. Ready? Trying to be, marketing mistake number three, trying to be a jack of all trades and not having a specific area of expertise. Marketing mistake number three, trying to be a jack of all trades and not having a specific area of expertise. My recommendation is once you have your mission figured out, think about what you wanna be known for. We had a great discussion in the coffee with coaches this morning about becoming known. What are you passionate about? What are you known for? Like if, if when they think of your name, what else do they think about? A and B, could you build on that? Could you brand that? Could you promote that? Trying to be a jack of all trades and not having a specific area of expertise. Okay, I'll give you a for instance for, the, for our Michigan friends. When we started promoting household name, I was not a household name. I'm still probably not a household name, but I'm definitely more today than I was then. I wanted to be a household name, and so that's why we ran with that. But we made the claim, and we stuck with it, and stuck with it, and stuck with it, and stuck with it. And even when we weren't getting results right away, continued to stick with it. Find something that you can own and run with it, even when it's not giving you dividends right away. Because in most cases, and this is probably the biggest challenge we have as real estate agents today, when we talk about putting a marketing plan together, we're not budgeting for six to 12 months, we're budgeting for 30 days. We're budgeting for, oh, I'll try this for 90 days, you know, I can cancel at any time, they said I can just cancel, whatever. Plan on going six to, no, no less than six to no more than 12 months before you see results in anything you do relating to marketing. No less than six, no more than 12. You're not getting results after 12 months, fine, you can pull the plug. But you're not pulling the plug after three or four months. That's a mistake. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.